And the Lord willing, for several weeks in the evening hour, we're going to camp around that psalm. Fourteen of the most powerful verses that you will find in all of the Bible. Now, our theme this year has been, what will you be in 23? Last Sunday evening, we looked at the word abide. Will we abide in Christ? I want to come tonight to the letter B. And that B stands for the Bible. Let me ask you this tonight. Will you let the Bible have center place in your life in 2023? Will you saturate your mind with the Bible? Will you saturate your heart with the Bible? Any problem you have, any question you have, any doubt or fear you have, you can find an answer for it and even a remedy for it in the Bible. How many remembers being back in Sunday school singing the little song? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E, the Bible. And I don't know of any better time than right now to go ahead and dedicate ourselves and make up our mind that in 2023, the Bible is going to be our guide. The Bible is going to be our statement. The Bible is going to be our friend and our stay and our hope and our comfort. Because I promise you tonight, the Bible is a light that shines in the darkness. It's a song that sings in the hour of depression. I'm glad it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our pathway. It is the plan of God, the mind of God, the word of God, the blessing of God. And I'm glad tonight for the Bible. And I just want to come a couple of Sunday evenings and encourage you and remind you that you can trust the Bible. I'm talking about the one you're holding in your hand. Some nitwit while back rebuking me said, well, the word Bible ain't even in the Bible. I said the word Bible is a Greek word, bibulos, which means the book. And I promise you this is the bibulos. This is the book. It is the word of God. And we're going to find in this psalm that God said what he meant and meant what he said. Psalm 19 gives you the twofold revelations of God. Let me say tonight three things about God before I read the text. Number one, God is real. He is not a figment of the imagination. He is not a historical figure of the past. He's not just another Superman or Batman. He's real. God is real. Second tonight, God reigns. He's Lord tonight. He's God tonight. He's never been outvoted. He's never been impeached. He will never be dethroned. Our God reigns. I love that little song. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. God is real tonight. God reigns tonight. The thing we're going to see in our text is not only God is real and God reigns, but God reveals. God reveals himself to you and I. I'm still amazed that God not only knows me, wants me, but invites me. You realize tonight we could be lost and in our sin, but God revealed himself to us. And may I remind you tonight, in the light of the revelation of God, man is without Excuse. Have you ever heard this statement, make excuses? You know why man has to make excuses? Because he doesn't have one. Can I get a good amen right there? 
man has to make excuses because he doesn't have one. Because of the revelation of God, man is without excuse. Well, tonight when you come to this 19th Psalm, he deals with two-fold revelations of God, how God reveals himself. Number one, God reveals himself through nature. God reveals himself through his creation. All you got to do is walk outside and look around and you see the revelation of God. Here before me tonight is a sure wireless FM, uh, SM58 microphone. One day somebody didn't throw up some plastic and some microchips and some screens and some buttons and throw it up in the air and it land a sure 58 microphone. A master put it together. One day Brother Bingham didn't survey all his property and somebody dumped some bricks and somebody dumped some lumber and somebody dumped some lights. No, there's a mastermind. Put it all together. That watch where you're wearing, whether it's a Timex or a Rolex. You say, what's the difference between Timex and Rolex? The Pentecostal preacher and the Baptist preacher. But whether it is a Timex or Rolex or whatever kind of lax. Brother, the crystal, the hands and the face and the spring and the stem just didn't fall out of heaven. A master put it together. Oh, may I remind you, God reveals himself that he's powerful. Awesome. I don't know about you, but every time I go to the Blue Ridge Mountains or the Smoky Mountains and look at them big mountains, God is big. But I'll be honest with you. I go down to South Georgia and look at them peanut fields. God is big. Especially when that big buck walks out there and says, Shoot me, brother. The revelation of God. Anybody here ever been up to New York to Niagara Falls? Brother, you can see the mitts before you get there. Raymond back here was always wanting to go to, to the Grand Canyon. We're going to send that boy to the Grand Canyon. And he's from Clayton County, so he'll do like that boy from Alabama. When he went to the Grand Canyon for the first time, he leaned over and went, hmm, something happened down there. But the beauty of God's creation. Notice what he said in Psalm 19 and verse 1. God reveals himself through creation and nature. Read it with me, Psalm 19 verse 1. The heaven." Declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And for the mountains and the trees and the rivers and the lakes and the oceans and the stars, God reveals himself through nature. What does God reveal through creation and nature? I'd say that he's big, powerful, overwhelming, awesome, breathtaking. I've seen some beautiful scenery in this country that's literally breathtaking. God reveals himself through creation. But let me remind you tonight, you better be glad that's not the only way God has revealed himself. Because if God had only revealed himself through nature and creation, well, we know that he's real, we know that he was big, we know that he was powerful. But we would not know his name. And we would not know how to know him. I see the stars, the moon, the sun, the mountains, the trees, the rivers. They're awesome. They're beautiful. They're majestic. But they don't tell me God's name and how I can know him. But ladies and gentlemen, God has not only revealed himself through nature and creation, but the greatest revelation of God, God's revealed himself in, by, and through his word. God reveals himself through science, but God reveals himself through the scriptures. 
God not only revealed himself through the boulders and the bellows, but God reveals himself through the book. Not only do we hold God in his wonders, but we behold God in his word. And what is so wonderful about the revelation of God through his word is the word tells us his name. The word tells us who he is. But better than that, the word tells us how we can know him. While the trees and the mountains and the rivers and the lakes will never tell you how to get to God. But I'm glad tonight we hold an inspired and an errant and infallible and impeccable and impeachable, I'm on a roll, word of God in our hand that tells me God's name, who he is, and how I can know him. And aren't you glad for the revelation of God through his word? So God reveals himself through nature, verses 1 through 6. But beginning in verse number 7 to verse number 14, God reveals himself through his word. Now beginning in verse 7 to the end of the chapter, we're about to embark on one of the greatest passages or studies you'll ever get in that will boost, that will inspire, that will flame your confidence in the word of God. I'm going to read a couple of verses that I think that are not just true, but they're beautiful. That's what I love about my King James English Bible. It's beautiful. It's not only right, it's not only accurate, but it's beautiful. I heard a man reading out of something the other day. It didn't even make no sense to me. And can I run one rabbit if I hurry? I was reading today where some Hollywood actor or some singer, and you know what blesses me? When I hear about them and I read about them, I don't even know who they are. Now, I know who Elvis is, but I'm talking about these new ones. You say, well, Brother Joe, they don't know who you are either. Well, I don't know who they are. I am so ignorant, Mrs. Arthur laughed at me the other day in my face. I said, who is this lady bragging about, who's this Boynts person? Who's Boynts? (laughs) She said, you are the only human being on planet Earth that don't know who that is. Steve, you know who Boints is? (laughs) I figured if anybody knew, it would be Steve. Amen. But I read this this while ago on my way to church. Well, not on my way to church. I don't read and drive, but I read it right before I left the house. That some some rock stars, some pop stars, some... I, I love that some influencer. You look up at me. If you let that cloud influence you, they'll influence you right straight to hell. You hear me? And ruin your family. But this influencer said, I, ca- I quit Christianity. I quit church. And finally, I read the Bible for myself with no one's interpretation. And it didn't make no sense to me. I know she didn't hear me. But I yelled at her. You can't understand it without the Holy Ghost in you revealing it and interpreting it. It didn't make any sense to me either, but the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God. And let me say this tonight, the Bible is true and the Bible does make sense. And God said what He meant and meant what He said. Thank God for the Word. I'm going to read these verses real slow. I want you to grasp on every word, every phrase. And when you leave this building tonight, you ought not to have one doubt in your mind. 
You can read and trust and depend on your Bible, the one you're holding in your hand. Beginning at verse 7, notice how he describes the word of the Lord. Now, before I read this verse, I want to give you three words that start with the letter N. And if you'll say these words over and over again, this passage will come, I mean, it'll come to light in your mind. Remember tonight, number one, the word name. Say that with me, name. Say that word with me again, name. Number two, say the word nature, nature. Not only the name of the Bible or the name of God's word, but the nature of God's word. And then say this third word with me, the necessity. Say that word, necessity. Say it again, necessity. So in these verses that we're going to read slowly, we're going to see the names of the word of God. We're going to see the nature of the word of God. And then you're going to see the necessity of the word of God. We'll say it like this. We'll find out what the Word is and what it can do for you. Say that with me. We're going to find out what the Word of God is and what it can do for us. The name, the nature, the necessity of the Word of God. Come to Psalm 19 slowly now in verse number 7. The law of the Lord. Say that little phrase with me. The law of the Lord. Right there's your word, name. Name. The law of the Lord. Look in verse number seven, it says, The law, say it with me, The law of the Lord is perfect. That's your nature. That's what the nature of the Word of God is, the essence of the Word of God. It's the name, the law of the Lord. The nature, it is what? Perfect. Now, notice what the Word of God does. The law, sit with me. The law of the Lord is perfect. Now, what does it say it does? Read it with me. Converting the soul. That's the necessity of the Word of God. The name of the Word of God, it's the law of the Lord. The nature of the Word of God, it's perfect. And the necessity of the Word of God, converting the soul. As I read the rest of these verses, let that outline flow through your mind. You ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. And look in verse number 10. This ought to be our response to the name and the nature and the necessity of the Word of God. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. I want you to hold up your Bible and say this little southern phrase with me. How sweet it is. How sweet it is. One more time. How sweet it is. Brother, it's sweet to know that we have the word of God to help us in this hour. Now, if you have a writing implement tonight, I want you to follow me. As I give you the six titles or the six names of the Word of God that are mentioned in these Psalms. Number one, verse seven, the name of the Word of God, what is it? The law. 
the law of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, this Bible is the law. God laid the law down when he put this book in our hand. The law of the Lord. Look in verse number 7. The testimonies of the Lord. The Bible is not only the law of God, but it is the testimony of God. You want to have a good testimony meeting tonight? Let's hear what God has to say. And ladies and gentlemen, we have come to hear what God has to say. And just as I said this morning, the Holy Ghost begins to woo and convict at the very mention of the name Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, God begins to testify. God begins to speak the very moment you open up the pages of his infallible word. And I don't know about you tonight, but I've heard from the politicians. I've heard from the athletes. I've heard from Boints and everybody else. But how many believes tonight more than ever our families, our homes, our churches, our nation needs to hear from God? The law of God, the testimonies of God. Look in verse number 8. The statutes of the Lord. The statutes of the Lord. A statue is a written law that is in the book. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad God wrote his word through the inspired pen of men. Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And it's in the book. You can cut it out. You can blot it out. But God's beat you to it. It's in the book. The statutes of the Lord. Look in verse number 8. The commandments of the Lord. Say that with me. The commandments of the Lord. Now I'm not just trying to be funny tonight. But I'm going to tell you. God don't give suggestions. God don't give, you know, you might ought to think about it. God gives commandments. God is authority, supreme and power. The commandments, not suggestions, not ideas, but commandments of the Lord. Came to number five in verse number nine. It's overwhelming. The Bible could be referred to as the fear of the Lord. And I'm telling you tonight, when you start in Genesis and come to Revelation, if the fear of God don't overwhelm you, you didn't read it right. Because this book is not about a weakling, a figment, an influencer. This book is about the holy, righteous, sovereign, perfect God of heaven. By the way, that hates sin and loves sinners. Who's wrapped in holiness, whose rhapsody is holy, and he's the holy God of heaven, the fear of the Lord. And then number six, look in verse number nine. I like this. The Bible, the Word of God is the judgments of the Lord. God's verdict, God's irrevocable sentence. Once God says it, it's done forever. Think about this tonight. Six descriptions of the Word of God. Remember, sin with me now, right there in your text. The law, the testimonies, the statutes, the commandment, the fear, and the judgments. And ladies and gentlemen, when you put all of this together, this is what it says. The Bible tells us who God is. And what God wants and what God expects out of our lives. Can you remember those three thoughts tonight? The Bible tells us who God is. Say that with me. Who God is. 
The Bible tells us tonight what God wants. Say that with me. What God wants. And number three, it tells us what God expects and demands out of you and I. I'm glad tonight we are not without a word. We are not without a witness. We are not without a Bible. We have the word of God. Listen, what the Lord gave me in these six descriptions. I talked to a lawyer to make sure I was right in my legal terms. and Found out that I'm smarter than the lawyer. Now get a hold of this right here, man. Because the word of God is the law. That's this sentence. It's the final authority. You ever heard anybody say, that's the law of the land. That's the law of the land. That's the law of the land. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the word of God is the law. And it's God's final authority. Now, I don't care how much these people say, well, I don't care what the Bible says. You better care what the Bible says. Because the Word of God is the law. It's the final authority. And let me say this tonight with humility. It doesn't matter whether you and I even believe it or not. It is still the final authority. It doesn't matter whether we even like it or not. It's still the final authority. It doesn't matter even if we love it or not. It is still the final authority. I've heard people say on my lap, the Bible said it and I believe it and that settles it. No, no, wrong order. The Bible says it, that settles it no matter who believes it or not believes it. All these people say, I don't believe the Bible. It don't change it. I can say tonight that I can jump in front of a train and I won't get hurt. I ain't jumping. I could say tonight, you know what? I'm going to take a key and I'm going to run it in that socket over there and I don't believe it'll shock me. Son, what little hair I got would be throwed all over my head. Because whether I believe in water or aerodynamics or electricity or not, it's a law. Final authority. You breathe in water, you're going to drown. You hold your breath, you're going to die. I used to try to hold my breath, and one time I almost died. I didn't do that no more. You play with fire, you're going to get burned. That's a law. What goes up comes down. Whether you believe it or not, that's a law. It's the final authority. It's awful quiet in here tonight. Let me tell you something. I'm not talking about the Scissor Roebuck catalog. I'm not talking about the internet. I'm talking about the Word of God that is in your hand. God laid down the law when He wrote the book. Final authority. Because it's the law, it's the final authority. I love this. Testimony. Because it is a testimony, it'll work in your life. Because it is a testimony, it is proven, it is tried, and it will work in your life. When somebody says, I'm going to give a word of testimony, they're saying, man, the Lord saved me. I trusted his word. He saved me. He brought me through a trial. He brought me through a hard time. That is, they're, t- they're saying God has worked in my life. Ladies and gentlemen, you hold in your hand tonight the testimony of God. And God is saying what is in this book will work in your life. You want to miss hell, go to heaven, look in the book. You want to have power and strength in your life? Look in the book. It's a testimony. Therefore, it is good for you and it will work in your life. Number three, statutes. Because it is a statute, it is there for your benefit. 
It is there for your good. It is there for your well-being. The reason why people pass laws and make them written statutes is that people can live together civilized. You know what's wrong with our nation today? A bunch of uncivilized people are living in it. In fact, I'm going to go on record and say a bunch of uncivilized people are trying to run it. Because we have produced a generation that has no respect for authority or the final authority. I read something early this morning that blew my mind. Out in San Francisco last week, there was a young lady that owned a bakery. And she was held up in a robbery. And they murdered this young lady. And her family has come out and said that she was an anarchist. I'm quoting what they said. She was a social activist and she was an anarchist. She did not believe that people ought to go to jail or go to prison. That makes them commit more crimes. So they're asking the police force in San Francisco don't arrest these people. Don't put them in jail. That's not what she wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize those laws that are in the book called written statutes are there so you won't be raped and you won't be murdered and you won't be robbed and if you are, somebody's held accountable for that. My soul, no wonder our world is in the shape that it's in. When criminals have more rights than Common folks. Brother, it's against the law to rape. It's against the law to steal. It's against the law to kill. It's against the law to violate people's lives and their property. It is a statute. And it's written for your betterment. And if... And if men and women and boys and girls are going to live on the same world, on the same planet, and not devour one another, somebody better set up some statutes. They're for our good. I remember, some of you old timers remember it, back in the late 60s, there was this little plastic bicycle with no motor. The front wheel was about that big, and it was called a big willy. Anybody ever had one of them? Brother, you have never lived. So you got in your big willy and come down some dirt driveway and fall out of it and take all your hide right off. That's why I'm bald-headed right now. Me and Big Willie had too many mess-ups. Right at the end of our dirt road was a paved road with a white line across that White line was a, a little space big enough for a car to get through. Then I was a yellow line. And then on the side of that yellow line was a space for another car to get through. Then I was another white line on the side of that ditch. And my mama told me, you can ride that big willy. You can flip that big willy. You can put some plywood on some center blocks and evil can evil. See, I don't know who these new people are, but I know all them old people. I know Ric Flair. Arnold Palmer. I just don't know who Boyce is. She she can't be as cool as Wonder Woman. Can I get a witness in the house of the Lord? <laughs> but she didn't care how much I popped in Big Willie. She didn't care. But, but Humphreys, I better stop before I get to that white line. Or she's going to put some red lines Now, it wasn't that she was mean. It wasn't that she didn't love me. It wasn't that she was not wanting to cramp my style. How many had a mom and daddy could give a flip about cramping your style? They'd cramp something else you had, but it wasn't your style. Mama didn't want me to put that big wheelie across that white line in that road because she didn't want some car or truck to run over me and take my life. Julie, it was for my betterment. 
When God said, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, it's in the book. It's so people can live together, civilized. So a statute, it's good for you. Ladies and gentlemen, look up here. You see this book? Hold it up real high. It is good for us. Because it's law, final authority. Because it's a testimony, it'll work in your life. Because it's a statute, it's what's best for you. Number four, commandments. Because it is a commandment, that's what God expects. And that's what God demands. Nothing more, nothing less. Again, God doesn't give suggestions. He gives commands. It's what God expects and what God demands out of our life. Come to number five, fear. The word, the Bible, is the fear of the Lord. And because it's the fear of the Lord, listen to this, it is to be held in reverence and high esteem. This book is to be held in reverence. And high esteem. Even on the front of it, it says, what kind of Bible? Holy Bible. By the way, when you talk about the fear of the Lord, that don't mean we run around scared of God. That means we honor God. We reverence God. We hold God's image and esteem high in our life. Have you not read one of the signs of the last day? And buddy, we're seeing it now. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Me and Miss Arthur were having a little conversation a while back about different things in life. Some things that people do. Uh, some things that church people do. I didn't say say people. Church people. Miss Arthur has said to me on more than one occasion, I got too much of the fear of God to do that. I got too much of the fear of God to do that. Does that mean Miss Julie walks around afraid of God? No, she loves Him. But she reverences Him. Because He's holy. And I'll tell you tonight, this Bible is the fear of God. This Bible is to be held in high esteem. In fact, the Word of God is to be held in such high esteem. The Bible said, now listen to this, a direct quote, that God hath honored and esteemed His Word Above his name. You're right. Whoa. That God has honored and esteemed his word above his name. Can I run a real little rabbit real quick? If he's got a name that is above every name, And if he's got a name that is above every name, and if he has a name so sovereign and powerful that one day, my God Almighty, at the very mention of it, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. That's his name. And if God's got a name that holy and a name that powerful and a name that reverent and God said he's exalted his word, his word above his name, the word of God is to be held in high esteem and reverenced because it's a holy book. It's an eternal book. Woo! And it's good. The fear of the Lord it's to be held in reverence. And I love this number six. Because it is the judgments of God. 
It's not on the law of God, the statue of God. It's the judgments of God. And listen to this. Because it is the judgment, it's a verdict that has been rendered. And it's non-negotiable. And it's not up for debate. God didn't call Joe to debate it. He called me to declare it. Because the word of God doesn't need debating. It stands on its own. I've never been to court much. In fact, I've only went one time for something I did. I was going to Emmanuel College in Peachtree City. Boy, for our final exam, Dr. Simone made us do in homiletics 101 for our exam, preach in front of all the professors and the doctors and the lawyers and the scientists and the historians and the English professors. That was our exam. They videoed it, and then they critiqued it right in front of you. Wow. So I got my stuff together. I got all my uh, information together, compile this sermon, and practice it. Practice it. I preached it to Mrs. Arthur. She got saved 11 times, full of the Holy Ghost 20 times. I'm thinking about getting that sermon back out again. And I know what some of y'all's married to. Y'all going to need two sermons. Say amen right there. Now. But that morning on the way to school, Brother Don, I was so nervous. Man, I wanted to make an A. I'd never made nothing but an A except in Greek. I made a C minus. I didn't baptize Joe, ramtize Joe, and soptize Joe just right. But I was so captivated with what I was doing. There was a young punk in front of me that decided to turn left. Do y'all remember when Highway 74 from 85 to Tyrone was a one, a two-lane road in the middle of a cornfield? Well, this dude lived on some dirt road and he stopped to turn left. Let me ask you this tonight. Why do you got to stop to turn left? Why don't you just get well on in there? How many of you not thinks it's just foolish to stop just to turn left? They're whoop on up in there. But this young punk, he stops. And let me tell you why the boy stopped. There was a transfer truck coming his way. Good idea, son. He stopped. He was such a wonderful driver, he even gave a signal. Blink, blink, blink. But behind him is Brother Joe Arthur that makes coffee nervous. Jello shakes when he gets around me. And I don't have that railroad track. I don't have that dirt road. I don't have that transfer truck on my mind. I got passing homiletics 101, preaching in front of the president of the college and the professors of the college and the, and the, and all the, professors and the mathematicians and the English professors. And I didn't stop. I rammed that LTD, just bam. You know what LTD stands for? A load of 10 from Detroit. Before I paid it off, I thought it meant long-term debt. I didn't know what it meant. And I just buckled that boy. I mean, I, I hit him hard. His daddy saw what happened. He lived right over there. He ran out there and they called the police and they got my driver's license, got my insurance. But for some reason, I was able to drive that car home. I'm turning around. I'm going back to Union City where we lived in that little apartment behind Shannon Mall. I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to explain to Miss Arthur how that young punk backed up and hit my car on Highway 74? 
I'm trying to stretch it, Jeff. I'm trying to polish it. I'm trying to twist it. And the Holy Ghost said, all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. Well, he gave me a ticket. I said, how much I owe you? He said, you got to come before the judge. I said, what? We have court every so often downtown Tyrone. You got to come before the judge. I'd never done that before. Closest I ever come was watching Matlock and TV. Some of you, Perry Mason, that's how older some of you are. And son, I, so I just did look. I got my best suit out, shined my shoes, fixed myself up as pretty as I can get. Said, just sit down there, son. We got some more cases. They'll call your name when they're ready. Brother, they started trying them cases. They were leveling fines. $2,000. $1,500. One old redneck got up there and he said, What owe you, Judge? He said, $1,500. Man, I got that right here. He said, and 25 more for your stinking attitude. I'm about to die. I'd have cried if I hadn't had so much ego. And I really did on the inside. They finally said, Joseph Clarence Arthur. I said, yes, sir. Come forward. I said, yes, sir. Are you guilty? Yes, sir. Are you going to come back to our city and not look where you're going again? No, sir. Do you think you ought to pay a fine? Yes, sir. Have you learned your lesson? Yes, sir. Forty dollars. But that one guy said, yo, dude, you ought to try that sometime. And I'll tell you what, they'd argue with that judge, but he ain't changing the fine. Because he had pronounced a judgment. It was not negotiable. It was non-debatable. And may I remind you tonight, the word of God we hold in our hand is not up for debate. It's not negotiable. Let me say it like this. You ain't going to talk God into saying something else. You're not going to change God's word. You're not going to change God's mind. Let me just say this briefly without getting anybody mad at me. That's why our church, Harvest Baptist Tabernacle, will never be a part of any denomination or association where has to meet in New Orleans or Atlanta or San Francisco or, or Springfield, Missouri and vote whether we believe the Bible is still the Word of God or not. We ain't voting on that. It's the Word of God before, during, and after. I was a good boy today. I minded my manners. I'm so proud. I asked these people, I said, where do you go to church? And they told me. And I almost said, yeah, I remember when y'all believed the Bible. But I didn't. I said, amen. You still at harvest? I was this morning. When y'all going to have no one of them sangings tonight? We like them sangings. They emphasized. They like them sangings. When you're going to have one of them big sangings? I thought we had a big singing tonight. Just don't do what I did the other day. I went to go speak at this ladies' meeting. And I said, I'm glad to be at the big ladies' meeting. I meant it was big. I 
I mean, it was a lot of people that, come on now. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to send our students. We're not going to send our young people to some seminary or some college where they'll teach them that evolution is real and gender trade is real and, and the Bible's not true and Jesus is not the Son of God. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Our church is going to support colleges and universities and mission boards and missionaries and evangelists and church planners and preachers that don't pin off the Bible and correct the Bible and try to change the Bible, but lifts up the Bible, extols the Bible, honors the Bible. It is not up for debate. In closing, do you realize how ridiculous it would be for me to say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, on this second Sunday night of the month of February 2023, Mrs. Wanda Buffington, Brother Joe's personal secretary, is going to take notes. Brother Jerry, the CEO of the financial endeavor, is going to take notes. And all the deacons and all the trustees are going to get up here. And the leadership of the church is going to ask the laity of the church whether the Bible is still true or not. Don't hold your breath. That ain't happening. Now, what I'm about to say, I believe I'll be okay with these people. Miss Wanda, if you quit believing the Bible's true, I'll fire you. I don't pay you nothing anyway. But it'll still be true. Jerry Buffernan, I love you as much as anybody on planet Earth, but if you deny the Bible, it is still true. Tom, Shane, Barry, Brother Harper, Chris, I love you men like a brother I never had. But if all of y'all quit believing the Bible, it's still true. Joseph, I love you, son. I love you as much if you were my son. You are my son. And I love you more than life itself. But if you quit believing the Bible, it's true. It'll still be the Word of God. And Joe, I don't care how many law degrees you got behind your name. Flick that little hair at me. Let me tell you something. If you quit believing the Bible, it'll still be the Word of God. Julie Arthur, I love you more than life itself. You're more beautiful today than you were I'm, the day I married you. Man, you. Woo, you make me go, woo. I love you, baby doll. You're my friend. You're my pal. We're in this thing together. We pinky promised. But if you quit believing the Bible, it'll still be the word of the living God. Now let's just bring it right on down here. If Joe Arthur quits preaching the Bible, and if Joe Arthur no longer... I'm going to mind the walking pews like C.T. But if Joe Arthur quits preaching, and Joe Arthur denies the Bible, it'll still be the Word of God. It'll still be the Bible. Because the Word of God stands on its own. Hallelujah for the book.